Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Marsha Williams. Marsha is a Forbes contributor, founder and managing partner of USM Supply Chain Consulting, and the author of multiple books, the most recent of which is Scaling Supply Chains with Maria, Financial and Operational Frameworks and Analysis for Massive Profitable Growth. So, hi, Marsha. How are you? Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, I shared a little bit about your background and certainly your book, which we'll get to, in my intro. But what else should people know about your professional journey to this point? Sure. I have been in supply chain and procurement for 18 years. And I love it, even during COVID and after COVID. My bachelor's degree is in accounting, and I have an MBA from Michigan State. And since then, I had amazing opportunities, like consulting engagement with Cody, that is the third largest beauty company, Lind Chocolate, and Hershey. And as you can note, my accent is not from New York because I'm originally from Uruguay. That is a tiny country in South America. Well, fortunately, chocolate is the universal language. We can, we can all appreciate a supply chain experience built on chocolate. I um, know. And, you know, it's interesting because your book, which I have, is – trying to think how would you describe it so it's sort of like part storytelling right there's characters it's sort of a living case study but it's also very instructional how do you usually explain to people uh, what kind of a book supply chains with maria is yes it's uh, as you mentioned kelly it's um it's it's i i wrote the books in a different way I use fictional companies with characters and stories. And the idea behind all of this is to make complex concepts like finance, supply chain concepts, simple to understand. And everything started with my work with clients. Because when I would like to present a suggestion, I create an explainer video those 2D videos. So there I have the challenge that we are facing, the team members that are the characters, and and the story. The story is how we came up with that solution. So I included all of that in my writing. Interesting. Now, one of the ideas that I picked up on from the book is what you call goal trees. So can you share what are goal trees and what do they offer to supply chain teams? 
Yes, of course, and that is a, is a great question. The, the first time that I heard about gold trees was during my time at Cummins, that Cummins is a manufacturing company, engine company, and when I was an intern, and everyone was talking about the gold tree, so it looked important to me, and what a gold tree does is to ensure alignment from different functions, project activities. So we start with the strategy. Let's say that we want to become the lowest cost provider. Maybe like Walmart has as a strategy. Then we define the financial metrics accordingly. So we probably have some metrics related to cost, to cost and cost, and also to gross margin. But now, how do we get to those metrics? And here is where supply chain and procurement come into play, right? Because we will define projects to achieve those targets. So everything is in alignment. And I think this concept is fundamental, in particular when companies experience exponential growth, to keep everyone aligned, because as a regular tree, then we have more branches, yeah. and we need to check, we need to trim, and focus on the key activities, that all of them are aligned to the financial metrics as well as the strategy. Now, one of the other things that you include in the book is Six Sigma, and that's something that lean manufacturing professionals, I'm sure, already know about, but a lot of, especially operational supply chain and procurement professionals may not be as familiar. What role can Six Sigma play in supply chain management? Yes, the role of Six Sigma, as I see, in supply chain and procurement has impact on three key aspects. The first one is to prioritize based on the impact. So that is the, the, a key point. The second point is that it helps us to quantify. And the third one that is related to the concept of gold trees is that Six Sigma helps us to achieve alignment. So we can see this more in a practical way. We start defining our problem in a statistical mm. form and defining our baseline. For example, if we are in supply chain, we say, okay, we want to reduce the, the late customer deliveries from 15% to 10% or reduce the time for purchase requisition approval by 5%. We need to give, we need to use numbers to quantify our goal because in an example of our personal life, we can say, I want to reduce my weight, but if I lower an ounce or two, it's not what we want, right? So it's very important to be specific and quantify. So once we have that, we can apply the different Six Sigma tools like 
the different matrices, like cause and effect, matrix, failure mode and effect analysis, like the FMEA. So it will help us to prioritize. So then we work only on those factors that have the largest impact. We implement and then we measure again. And we can see if we have accomplished our objective or if we need to make some changes. So that's why I, I think Six Sigma is a great framework. You can also think about procurement when we need to evaluate suppliers. We can use the Pew concept and have the criteria defined, different team members to score, and in that way we have more object, objectivity, like we are more objective when we assess the responses from suppliers. So actually I think Six Sigma, we can even apply to our personal lives. <laughs> you must be you must be better at Six Sigma than me. I think that would that would take a lot of my brain attempting to do that. And yet I can see what you're saying about how it applies, including one of the other things you mentioned in there, which is financial metrics. And this is another one of those areas where you really go into depth in the book and an area that for many a procurement and supply chain professionals, maybe either a little bit of a blind spot or maybe just something they've been away from since they left undergrad or business school. Are there a couple of financial metrics that stand out to you as being particularly effective when applied within managing the supply chain? Yes, I think one of them is related to inventory, inventory turnover. For us, inventory is critical, so we need to understand that, that metric more because of the impact. We saw during COVID that we had material shortages. Yes. And then after COVID, we have excess inventory. <laughs> we saw it with Nike, with many other major retailers. So that is one key metric. Another one is cash to cash cycle. Because in that way, we need to think about, okay, I am investing this in inventory. And then this is the moment that we get cash from the customer. So I think those two key metrics are very helpful for supply mm. chain and procurement, and we have a, a huge impact on them. Now, that's sort of the impact of finance on, on paper or on spreadsheets, let's say. We're living in a digital world. I shouldn't say on paper. When I think about the relationship between either supply chain and finance or procurement and finance, especially in the procurement area, there, there's a little bit of a history of tension there. You know, we're always trying to say, we saved this much, and finance is saying, well, show it to me. Where is it in the financial statements? Do you have any advice either around communication or straightforward relationship building, maybe around shared interests that could help procurement and supply chain professionals do a better job of working with our counterparts in finance? Yes, but my suggestion is that in supply chain and procurement, many times 
like for example, with planning, we tend to think about physical units. So one of the, the, the key aspects is to show finance with monetary units. And also to understand what concept and statement they are managing. I think we are more prepared if we understand like the key sections, for example, of the balance sheet, the income statement, cash flows. And coming back to the goal three, we need to understand the metrics, how they are tracking those metrics, the sources of information. So if we start with changing our language and also our thoughts, instead of saying, for example, yes, we expedited this achievement, but in financial terms, we can say, yes, we expedited this achievement that implies an increase in operational expenses, but we will see revenue and that revenue we will cash in next quarter. So start talking more about the language of finance and see where in those statements our actions are having impact. That is one suggestion. And another one is to participate in the meetings with finance. Yeah. So in that way, we know what they think. We know more about their planning. And we start getting our actions aligned. So I think those two key aspects are helpful for supply chain and procurement because I know that there's some tension. Another suggestion <laughs> is like to include the assumptions, right? Because in the example that you mentioned, Kelly, sometimes, yes, we present the savings and they say, okay, I don't see anything of those savings. It can be like with impressions in film and That can happen because we use for the calculations a certain quantity order, and then we need to take certain quantity break, right? That is different than maybe from what is happening now. So it's important also to mention any assumptions and backup calculation for the savings. Now, one of the other questions I want to ask about your book, and and I'm actually holding it. I, I grabbed it and picked it up and opened to a random page, partially to make the point that, you know, you really do go the extra mile in terms of making this a readable story. I mean, everything is very realistic, but there are individual characters in here. And, you know, whether we're looking at Amy or Mike or Ruben, you know, all these different characters we've all worked with Amy's and Mike's <laughs> and Ruben's, right? As part of your creative process, do you maybe pick up personality traits or character traits from people in your family, people in your friend group, people at the office or that you've worked with in the past? Do they find their way into the book um, or do you draw your inspiration from elsewhere? All the characters are based like on my experience. Of course, there are some that I added other characteristics that they or I focus more on some aspect to make them funnier or to illustrate the point better. Mm -hmm. But this is 
this is real, right? Is is what? Yes. There are no, not of course, the characters are not um, persons, but I take some aspect from different ones, so it's a mix, and it's something that all of us also we can see us reflected in somewhat in those characters because I'm not going to say that yes, I'm always positive about the change, so. <laughs> Yes, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. And you just never know. If you decide to add to the series, there could be a brave and heroic procurement podcaster that just inspires the team to get in there and learn their financial metrics and invest in their goal trees. But we won't we won't draw any assumptions about where maybe the inspiration for that character <laughs> might have come from. Um, Marcia, before I let you go, I want to ask you, this is sort of a, a tradition here at The Sourcing Hero. Every guest who joins me gets a pair of questions, and, and I'll, I'll share them for anybody who happens to be listening and it's new, but you can pick either one of these questions, and there is no such thing as a wrong answer. So your choices are, what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you, or what does heroism look like in a business context? Okay. I will answer sourcing hero, the okay. meaning and the idea of a sourcing hero. I think a sourcing hero is someone that challenges the current situation, that asks questions to get great input and I see that a person like following Six Sigma so in that way the sourcing hero can identify what is the essential and what is noise based on that then the sourcing hero will take focused action so that's how, how I see how a sourcing hero is and I base all of this in a in a book that I think is very inspirational that is called Essentialism the Discipline Pursuit of Less so I think that is a sourcing hero for me and that's a great recommendation because nothing in the world makes a good writer like a good reader so, Marcia, if people have joined us for this conversation and they would like to connect with you or they would like to learn more about your books, what is the best way for them to get in touch? I am on LinkedIn. So I'm, I am there and also through my website that is usmsupplychain.com. Excellent. Well, Marcia, thank you so much for being here with me on the Sourcing Hero podcast. Thank you so much, Kelly. Have been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for the Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. 
Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.